And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Althea Watson. Althea had two near-death experiences, and today we're going to learn about them. Althea, thank you so much for being my guest, and welcome. Thank you so much, Jeff. It is just a, a honor and a pleasure to be here speaking with you. So thank you so much. Thank you. All right, Althea, if you don't mind, let's just start with your first one and go from there. Okay. Um, and that's something that I have never discussed before with people. Um, and so I'm just delighted to do that. Um, I was actually telling a friend of mine, she was like, how are you going to prepare to talk to Jeff Morrow? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I'm crying a lot. And she was like, how does that prepare you? And I'm like, it's the relief, the relief of holding in an experience that I had years before I was seven years old Mm -hmm. that I have never really talked about. And I'm going to talk about today. There's not a lot I can say about the location, the year, the circumstances, because there were, several people involved and there are still some people that are healing from the victimization and so what i can do though is talk about what happened during the nde experience um because i was taken out of my body and i saw i was surrounded by blackness and i know that someone was leading me I don't know who it was. Um, And I was very, like, I disoriented. I didn't know where I was, what I was doing. And we come out. I will probably get very emotional at times. That's okay. But um, into this just incredible feeling of love. It was this light, this bright white light and this deep love. And I had come from a place of just, Uh, violence and uh, hate and I didn't understand what was going on and so to go from that extreme to the other was just mind-boggling to me and all of a sudden being surrounded in this love I realized I wasn't in my body I couldn't see my body I couldn't feel my body I was just in this light Um, and I was speaking as if it was from my mind because I had no one in front of me like you and I are in front of each other talking to each other. It was just this feeling of love, and there's a word that I, I use when I think of this. It's a Japanese word, and it's called yujen, Y-U-G-E-N, and it's the awareness of the universe that triggers emotional responses too deep and mysterious for words. That's an amazing word. Isn't that a great word? I tell you, the Japanese have such great words that I could, because it's about, you know, it's like the, the Eskimos having all these different names for snow. It's like, why don't we have all these different names for love? Because there are so many different degrees of it, you know? and and of ecstasy or of what it is to be in this spiritual world and to feel what we really are um at going back to my experience because i can just kind of ramble and lose sight but going back to this experience 
what I was told was that I would be protected and cared for. Wow. And that I might continue to be in violent situations. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't understand this. I was a child, you know, so I'm limited anyway in understanding. But one thing I that I recalled later on was when you're in this, when you're on the other side in this place, you you have more wisdom and intelligence than what you have in your physical body. Um, and I've seen that more and more through meditation and continuing uh, my spiritual studies all my life. Um, but back, you know, at a young age, I didn't really quite understand what was going on. But um, I started to see that I'm not my body. And I was saved by some something. And I got a choice. They said to me, do you want to stay here? Because if you want to stay here, you can. And then you won't be going back to what you'll be facing when you go back. And I, I don't remember exactly the words, of course, because it was so long ago, but there was an indication that we come in with lessons to learn and that we have free will. So we have choice. And they were telling me, you have a choice. You can stay here and you can go back. If you go back, you might be subject to more violence in your life. Everyone has the ability to, to discern. We have free will. But do we all accomplish what we want to accomplish in a lifetime? And I didn't know what that meant at the time. That kind of stays, certain things stayed with me. And I was like, what does that mean? That's why I thought I was so crazy for the longest time. Um, but we come in and we have free will and we have discernment and we have choice. And sometimes other people's choices affect us in a way that might be hurtful to us. Someone can choose to fire a gun or not fire a gun. They have there, there is a moment where they have that control, even in, you know, passion is something that I think so many people are in prison for because they get caught up and they get lost in this passion and that's when they commit a crime. We have a moment before that happens where we can stop. Whether we feel it or not, we can. It depends on what else we're carrying in us. Um, and so telling a child this, it was like, I didn't really understand this, but I missed my dog and I was pretty scared, even though it was this most amazing feeling that I really have to say, I never felt before. I mean, I I knew what it was to be in great laughter and to be loved by, you know, parents and friends and my dog. And, but this love is just beyond. It, it, it is so deep and so beyond anything but going back to Eugen for a description, you know, just beyond comprehension. And so I said, I miss my dog 
and I miss my mommy. And bam, I was back in my body. I was so disoriented because I didn't know who I was talking to. I just knew that there was this bright light. I saw other colors. And you know something? I have never seen those colors on the earth plane. I, when I was a young kid, I always thought I would be like a fashion designer or a pattern designer. I just love color. And so I was always drawing and working with color. And that was one thing that stayed with me was that, what were those colors? But it was all like, I didn't understand it to actually till I had my next near-death experience. And I would say that over the days of this, I tried talking to a couple people, but um, they thought I was crazy. They were like, and I, I couldn't talk about the violent situation because it was just, I couldn't understand it. And it was too brutal. And it was just uh, chaos. It was about, you know, um, violence through chaos. And, and it was, I, you know, that's all I can say. Um, so what happened to me was I was left with the, with a feeling that there was something so deep for all of us to have an understanding for. And I called that God. I mean, to me, the light was God. I was raised as a Christian and, um, I was told that, you know, you don't see the face of God, but God can protect you. Jesus can come and be with you and to talk to you. And um, so that was my understanding of it. And I would have to say that, you know, as the days went by, I kind of forgot mm. about pretty much everything except this desire to know more that, that my life was going to be about the spirit world. I knew that because I also came back with the ability to hear and see spirit. Um, and I didn't realize that till I was working on a Ouija board with my mother when I was seven. And all of a sudden she goes, what just happened? And I said, well, the room got really dark and the lights got darker and we could see this, this like black mass of energy to my right, her left. And she just said, we are going to put this Ouija board away and we're never going to use it again. And we didn't. But what that started for me was when I would be with my mother, she would turn to me and she would say, what do you feel? And there were times where I would say, I, a car and someone is being strangled in the passenger seat from the person behind them. And they're going to turn right here at this stoplight and she would cut me off and she said that's exactly right and people dump bodies in that lake over there so you are never to go there wow. and i went no problem so it's like i started getting my education through my mother and um until that moment i had no idea just how uh in tune uh, she was with the spiritual world you know, she used to read not tarot cards, but a regular deck of playing cards. And she learned how to read that when she was a lieutenant in the Navy during World War II. 
someone showed up and they knew how to read the a deck of cards and they started teaching my mother all these metaphysical um ideologies and and um so she started teaching me because she saw that i was able to um understand and experience what she experienced and and then i realized uh, that not too many people ex understood any of this you know i mean i i hadn't realized that when we go over to the other side we'd lose our body you know, I was always told, oh, when you die, you'll, everyone will be there and you'll be with your family. And, and, you know, so I just assumed that, you know, this body would like go to the other side and, you know, I'd be playing with my dog and, you know, my mother would be making, you know, cereal and, you know, breakfast and orange juice. And it's not like that at all. Mm. <laughs> but I didn't really understand that part of my second ND. I was going to ask you questions, but you answered them before I was even able to ask them. You gave me all the information that I wanted. So, Oh, I'm so glad. So let's just move on to your next one. My next one was I, I had a hernia. And I was, let's see, I was, I think, 17. I, I actually called my friends because they keep better track of things than I do. But I was 17. And I had just been in pain for like a long time and couldn't straighten up and you know it was, oh it was awful so they they did some tests and they they've said she needs surgery so i went into the hospital and uh the last thing i remember looking at before i went out was baha'i temple i was at a hospital that was near the baha'i temple and I, they put me right by the window after they gave me the anesthesia or whatever it is it takes you out. And I remember looking this at this and feeling like, oh, so serene. How beautiful. Let me just be with God. Well, <laughs> be careful what you ask for because I did go to God. I, I, that was my second NDE. And um, I, I don't know. Some people talk about how when they get out of body, they'll like see people doing the surgery and stuff I don't I kind of like vaguely have a, a very like dark picture of that but I don't really I mean it's just sort of like there I think maybe I look back when I was leaving but I don't really it's not like a vivid picture what's vivid is going down this tunnel going back into the light and that I I got more information on just what we are. It's like we're a wave, we're a frequency. I draw pictures a lot when I when I like talk to people about things. And I would say, I'll just draw, this is what it was that I became. Can you see that? I can't. Oh, it's like it's like a like an S. Okay. You know, it's just, it's that we're not particles. When, uh, how do I make this clear? All right. I have, I have been with um, people that are in hospice and I've been with people that have died a lot. And um, when the spirit leaves the body, my experience with cancer, AIDS, murder victims uh, is that the spirit will come out of the body and it's a mist. It looks like a mist. 
And you can actually watch if you're seeing the person and and you're starting to feel you feel a shift in energy as they start to disengage from their physical body. And then this mist appears. Well, that's their spirit. And then a few seconds, minutes, I don't know how long later, you'll see the color leave their lips. And then you see their body change as the residue life force leaves them. Now, is that residue life force part of their spirit or is it from like the electromagnetic uh, workings within the body? I don't know. I don't know. Um, all I know is that when you leave, it's like a mist. Often people will say, gee, I went to, to this empty house and there was a mist. And I'm like, spirit, that's spirit. That's out of body spirit. Um, and have they gone to the other side? I don't know. It seems to me working as a medium is that if you stay not in the light and you are on the earth plane, you pretty much retain comprehension of what you look like in the physical form, uh, which is helpful to people that want to get in touch with their loved ones who have crossed over. Um, and there's a difference between that and all the different degrees of what is like the outer darkness. There are people that don't know how to go to the light. Um, there are people that are afraid to go to the light. That's one thing I want to talk about because I have seen that and I have seen that with people that, that have called me over the years is the being absolutely terrified of death. And here's the thing, we really do not die kind of kills the vampire stories, right? But we don't die. We transition. We transition to what we are. This mist, this great, these great particles, you know, particles and waves can come together. And what happens is our life force is like a wave. That's how I saw it. It's it's like a Gosh, I don't know why. <laughs> so it's part of the artist in me that I talked about earlier. You know, I don't know if you'll see this, but this was, is that better? Yeah. That's, that's what I was. And, and, and it, we, we all have a resonance. We all have a sound made from this vibratory rate. And vibra the vibratory ray also produces a color. So the color spectrum where like you see red and that's like the lowest uh, vibratory rate frequency to produce that color. And then as we um, heighten or uh, speed up the vibratory rate, the colors will change. And um, that's what we all are. It's like we all resonate at a different, a different speed rate of speed we all are a different color and we all are a different sound and that's what we are on the other side and what happens from this this resonance that we are is we eventually can go back into what is consciousness or what some people call god um and we become a part of that so it's like do we still exist 
Absolutely, we do. We just don't exist as a human because that's not what we are anyway. We are a frequency. We're a part, we're a wave. Well, then what I was shown was, and this blew me away. I was told that reincarnation is extremely important. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I've, I've read like a few books about it, but you know, you would be laughed out of my church if you, the who, church I go to. Who if, told you that? The resonance, the, I, I call it God. Yeah. I don't know. It was another telepathic communication to you, or did you actually see a being? I just saw light. I didn't, I didn't see a being. I just saw this amazing light. And I know that someone took me through this tunnel. I don't know who it was or, or what the being looked like. I have no idea. To me, it was just another source of energy and it was telepathic communication but i was more i in some ways i was more used to talking to out-of-body spirit in my life than with other people i was like really socially awkward and you know very reclusive and but um i found that the out-of-body spirit was really like something that was very true for me and other people could confirm it. And so to me, it was quite real. So it was more telepathic communication. And what I was told is uh, we do come here for lessons. Um, and some of our lessons have to do with what went on in other lifetimes. So I thought, you know, I had thought before I went on this journey of my second journey of being of dying was I had already thought I must be Attila the Hun because I had been in so many situations of violence or being bullied or, you know, being robbed or that I thought, you know, wow, how come this, what is this theme for me? But we choose them and we choose them not only for ourselves but for the other people that are involved with our life. Like, um, oh, let's see. Uh, this didn't happen to me. No, I should probably stick with myself. Um, trying to think of something. Well, okay. Uh, I had been attacked at another time than what I told you. I, when I was in New York, I was attacked on a subway. And... Um, Someone stepped in and saved me. Thank you. Uh, but here's an example. Was this something that was preordained to happen? Was this something in the game plan? It might have been, but there's free will and choice. So the person that started to attack me on the subway had choice. She decided to attack me. Someone else intervened, this big strong man stepped in and separated, you know, got this woman away from me. In a sense, I think he was my human angel. 
because I don't know what would have happened to me because this was a very crowded subway and no one was reacting. It's like not one person was saying, hey, leave that woman alone. Leave her alone, go sit down. You know, because I was standing up by a pole, uh, one of the poles on the, on the subway. That situation might have been already in my game plan because a lot of things already are. We do come in with a plan. Sometimes we get really lost from that plan. And so that sometimes is why people find other spiritualists. That's why, um, you know, they'll say, I, uh, I, I, I'm just miserable. Well, life is supposed to be about love because the only thing that really is real is love because that's what we are. That frequency, that resonance, we are that deep love. That's how far away we get from ourselves. And part of it is we're limited with the human mind and body and the earth, but we forget. We forget how deeply we can feel and how deeply we can love, we really do. Um, so that's one thing, there is no death. We transform, we transition into something else. So people that are afraid of death, one thing I've found is that often it's because they carry guilt. They're afraid of dying because uh, they have been told that there's hell, fire and damnation for who they are that is so not right that is just not right i still consider myself a christian but i consider myself a christian spiritualist because so much of the bible i do not agree with since my um path and journey in this life of looking at what is real for me i feel that the bible is I, and I love reading the Bible. I love the Psalms. I, there's so much. I love Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I just, I love them. They're my comfort, you know? Some people eat potatoes. I like reading the Bible. Mm. Um, but, um, but not everything is, it's still someone's observation. And we can observe something, but if we are charged with the event that we're writing about it's going to be it's going to have a slant to it we're writing through a filter and i think that for each of us our path and our journey spiritually is so individual that we can listen to other people but we have to find out what is honest and true for ourselves, and that no one else can really tell us what to believe or they shouldn't. And that's how some people get lost. They believe that they will be punished for who they are. They're, they won't. They do go through a life review. And that life review is about um, looking at the choices that you've made, what you have done, and how it affects the other people. So for someone who is a bully, they will, on their life review, look at and feel the pain of the people they bullied. Now, when you bully someone, it just isn't that person that is a, is a victim of that. You have 
the parents and the other siblings. You have the friends of the person who's bullied. You have the animals around the people that are bullied. Because often the person that's bullied goes through so much emotional crisis because they have been ostracized because they have had rocks thrown at them or been raped or been dragged to a basement and molested or had their bicycle stolen or, you know, just all these things that people do when they're bullying someone, uh, all that affects the bullier is going to feel and go through. Just like when you look at some of the bullies, you can't escape wondering about the family the bully comes from. And one thing that I was shown was that there are times where mothers know that their children are bullies. They go into denial, but they're, they're halfway conscious. And then there are other mothers that are conscious about it and go into denial. Well, what happens to a mother that's living with a lie? They start to change. You know, I love that Mark Twain quote, when you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Mm, Isn't that a great, I just love that. I love Mark Twain. He's just like, you know, the greatest. Um, But it's very true. When we're just in our truth, we just live, we flow, things go through us. At the end of the day, we might go, wow, what a great day. I feel so serene. I feel so much love. I have no idea what I said or did because it's just, is in the, we're in the moment, you know? And then there are other days where we really have to go, all right, check off, you know, number one, I went to the grocery store, I gave the dog a bath, I got the dog food, I got the canary food. You know, we have to do all that because we have to keep our life working, you know? But in other situations, the moment we start denying what the truth really is, we start to change because We are off center of our spirit and that's our soul. And that's our life force. That's the mist. That's the vibration. That's what we are. That's that deep love. And so people do, do get lost. They really do. I mean, I have had people come to me and say, I'm just miserable. I make a lot of money, but I'm miserable. And I'm like, well, why are you miserable? Well, I never wanted to be a lawyer. They did it for their parents. They did it for their father. They did it for their mother. They did it because they thought other people would think that they were smart and honest. (laughs) A lawyer, well, okay. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's whatever it is, you know. Um, So it's allowing someone to recognize that they really live for themselves. We all want to make other people happy. We love other people. We don't want to disappoint them. But sometimes people do that, and it's to the sacrifice of what is in their heart. Yeah. And that's when I start to see complications. It's not just someone is unhappy. It's that they're drinking alcohol. They're overeating. They, they yell at their dog. They ignore their wife or their husband. And it's like, they do this because they're angry and they're angry at themselves and they don't know what to do with it because they still don't feel they have the blessing 
to reclaim their, their life for themselves and start again. And you know what? You can. I know someone who was 62 years old and went back to school because he wanted to be a lawyer. That was his dream. And, and he, he didn't, he felt like he was, you know, made to be ashamed of anything like that and he couldn't do it. And, and one day I was, he just was like saying, that's it. That's really my heart. So he went back to school and it took him a while to find a college that would accept him, but he finally did. And he became a lawyer. Now back to your NDE, because I feel like we've kind of went way off. How did we? Sorry. That's okay. I'm just going to say, did anything else happen? Or if not, how did you come back? Um, I was brought back. Um, basically, though, what I've talked about in, in reclaiming the self is what I was told in this MDE. It was about find what's in your heart because you are so lost. That's why I, I you know, so um, how I got back is... I was brought back. And when I opened my eyes, oh my God, I could cry. Uh, my mother was sitting by the hospital bed. She was so pale. My mother was like a very tall woman. She was like five, nine. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she looked like she was 10 years old when I opened my eyes and she was so pale. She had no lipstick on. She had no, and she just looked at me and her eyes filled with tears. And she said, the doctor said they lost you. Mm -hmm. I never saw her be that scared or that vulnerable again, but I don't think she needed to be not, not when I was around her, mm -hmm. but so she, she was there and they, I was in the hospital for like five or six more days after that, before they let me go home. Um, and it took about, I would say, a year before I felt the feeling in my leg. Um, uh, they, when they cut into my body, you know, they cut through the nerves, of course. And the healing process just seemed to take a long time. And I wasn't that old. I was in my uh, teenager. I was like 18, 19, 17, 18, 19, and around there. Um, uh, but it took a long time to heal. And I think that it was just a reflection of my struggle, my struggle about what's in my heart and how easy it is for all of us to get lost. And I stayed lost. I, I was um, in a profession that really wasn't what was in my heart, but I, I had gotten some oh, encouragement. Um, it was fun. It was great working with people, you know, so I thought, I'll do this, but I was not happy in it. I and I and I stayed lost for you know years after that. And then I finally was like, wow, the pieces came together of what I had started to push aside. We have a through line that we can follow through our life, even if we change what our path is, our career goal path, or, you know, think other hobbies or things that interest us. I think that we can make our life flexible because how our life comes together is through our mind and how our mind thinks, thinks about us, 
reviews us um, and of course how we define and look at other people. And ultimately, once you're on the other side, you see that you make these decisions for yourself as an adult because it works here, but it's not going to work anywhere else because this is kind of like a, a journey. It's a journey for lessons for us. Are there any elements between the two NDE that kind of combine them or make them like a continuation? Yes, that we do have a through line. I actually was given like little little pieces of things, you know, um, like I was given on the other side and it was etheric. So it wasn't real when it came back, when I came back, but a piece of stained glass, this beautiful, beautiful color. And it was a size and it had red, it was predominantly red, but it had other colors. And then I had another experience years later where I saw a stained glass window, this round stained glass window, absolutely beautiful. And I recognized that the piece that I was shown as a child was in this big circle. And in what I got, what I was told was there's a room by this stained glass that needed help. So this was like when I was like 11 years old. And then when I was like 17, 19, and then earlier when I, before I was seven, that I had seen this stained glass theme. It wasn't until my parents had died and were, they were buried in this church garden that they were a part of. But I was in the church and I looked at the stained glass window and I had been in this church before and I hadn't really connected the dots. You know, it's like, you know, you, you, we don't live our day remembering everything that we went, went through in our life. You know, we're limited, you know, and we've got our agenda and what's on our mind and what we're going to and, you know, but there was a day where I just stopped and it was, is, it was as if I felt this presence touch me on the shoulder and let me see these different events of the stained glass window. And I saw the stained glass window. It's the most beautiful stained glass window. And it's my parents' church. Well, they were both deceased at the time. And I went, I started walking over this way out of, this was in the main sanctuary. And there was this small room that was like a sanctuary, a chapel next to the main room, the main, where the congregation had their Sunday services. And it had stuff in it. It had these pews in it that were like way too big for the room. And they were facing away from the altar where the stained was in front of a stained glass of Jesus on the cross. I mean, this little tiny room was just so magnificent. There was like filled with junk. So I asked the minister, I was like, um, what, what's the deal with this room? And he's like, oh, well, you know, we've, we've thought about cleaning it out and, you know, and then we get caught up and, 
you know, because it's a very busy church and it's active. And so I thought this was a mission given to me when I was like seven years old, but I didn't understand it. And I got pieces all through my life till now, bam, here I am. So I wrote to the people that are the, um, you know, administrators and the, the, you know, have all the church meetings and, you know, make all the rules and do all the activities. And I said, I want to clean this room out. And I didn't get a response until I, I asked some people to come up and say, give me an, an assessment of how much it will cost to get these pews out of this room, because this could be a great prayer room, even if at times they are limited in space and need to put things in here. Let's clean this up so it's a real sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And so eventually those pews that were way too big and clunky and old and, you know, I, and I tried, I actually spent like a couple of weeks on the internet looking to see if I could sell these pews to other churches. Well, what I found out is how many churches have been closing because people aren't, uh, religion isn't the same thing anymore. People are using scaled down um, lecture halls um, and the architecture, the furniture, for pews is much different than what this was. You know, this was a big, huge pew that would seat like 30 people. They're not that, these churches aren't that big anymore. So um, so uh, what happened was the administration got involved with me because they saw I was serious and they got the pews out and the room got cleaned up. And during all this time, I thought, you know, I really love the people here and, you know, really wonderful. But I got the indication that it wasn't for me to stay with that congregation um, because, uh, and I was yearning for a much more spiritual um, meeting place for uh, spirituality. Um, And so I am not a member of that church, but what I got was, we do come in with tasks. We do come in with lessons to be learned. That was a task given to me before I was seven years old. And I didn't understand it until I was in my forties. And once I understood it, I thought, all right, let's do this. So it got, it got done. And, um, I think even the minister was a little surprised that I came in and did this because it was something people had talked about doing and started to do. And then they went on to something else. So there's that there's people are also, we come in, we do come in with like um, a tribe, you know, Um, I remember when I was 11 years old, all my life, I would meet people that were in the psychic psychic world. And I remember I was 11 years old and my mother kept this radio on her refrigerator and she always kept it on. And all of a sudden, because she loved country and Western music, but all of a sudden this voice comes over saying, and they've called in psychic and said the name of the psychic to be flown down south to see if she could solve 
this missing, this crime, because there were, it was a serial murder going on. And um, so and something in me, it was like this warm pull or something inside me, just way in the center of my being just went, I, and I can't remember if I said, I want to meet that woman or I'm going to meet that woman. But, you know, it's like, then I forgot about it. And, you know, my mother went on and I went on to, you know, do something else with the family. And 15 years later, I get a phone call from someone. And I'm in New York at the time. And this person says, I met someone that you really have to meet. And I'm like, sure. You know, and I, I was about to say, come on, I've, I've got room for everybody and you know here just come on up and he goes i bought you the plane ticket you leave tomorrow wow. <laughs> and it turned out that he bought this ticket for me to fly me down to where he wanted me to meet this woman and it was the woman that i had heard on the radio when i was 11 years old so after your ndes it sounded like you got some type of psychic ability what are all the abilities you got um, well, I do work as a medium. Um, I do see out of body spirit. Um, I love working with the idea of we can be, we can live fearlessly here. And our fears come from what we've taken in that does not align with our truth. So that's working with the chakra system, which is the, you know, the chakra system, the energy around us. Well, in working with the chakra system, I can start to see what people are holding in different areas of their body as energy, like tension, muscle tension. Okay, so our, our muscles hold our bones in place. That's alignment, basic alignment. And we, have, we build our, their, our muscle strength. And then there are times where, oh, my shoulder, oh, my neck, oh, my back. And it's that we're holding tension. Well, this tension has to do with some sort of emotion, thought process. It can be because we've strained and we have just physically done something that we weren't prepared to do, or we exercise too much and then we don't keep working out to keep our body stretched out. You know, there, there are a myriad of reasons why we get body pain. But often I find that the body pain we have has to do with something that is um, emotional, is about um, our thought process. Same with disease. I was getting, um, uh, what is it? It's a high fever and a bad cough and swollen glands, uh, like every three weeks. I was getting like a fever of 102. I just, I was missing life. And there was one day that I just thought, I'm going to just go into meditation and find out what this is, because this is, this has got to be something. And I, it, you know, and it came up that I was holding on to a thought process that kept me as a child. Hmm. It was that, you know, I had thought something about my parents and so to save them i couldn't grow i it was as if my kundalini discharge i don't know if you've ever had that experience 
But when the kundalini, when all the energy in your body and your chakra system aligns, the kundalini can discharge the very powerful energy. And it's like being by an airplane when it's taking off. It's like this loud, loud noise. And that's what happened. And I went, I, I reclaim myself and I can grow. I'm not protecting my parents by psychologically staying uh, as a child. I, I let go of this. And that's when I heard all this sound. And it was as if, if you take Velcro and rip it, that sound, it was like I was going through that. And all of a sudden I came out of the meditation. I had no fever. I had no sore throat. I had no swollen glands, normal. And I never got that illness again. So I am convinced that, do we need medicine? Absolutely, sometimes we do. And do we need surgery? Absolutely, sometimes we do. You know, once I recovered from having the hernia, I didn't have that pain anymore. So I, did I need to go through that? Yeah, I think so. My life was, I was much more active and energetic um, I, because I was able to be. What do you think inspires you about your NDEs? That this is just an extraordinary game we're playing. It is, but it's not a game, it's real because we make it real here. But then in a flash, it's gone because what we are, everything is like a projection from within us, from our mind. Um, and it's exciting. You know, we have one shot to live this path. And how we choose to live it, how we choose to think is up to us. And so often we give up our power or we want to be saved or we want to do it right. And that is all man, man stuff. And I don't mean like man, male. I mean, man, woman, it's human stuff, I should say. It's what we've put on us. And really, it's that in every moment, we have the freedom to choose to love, to choose clarity, to choose to face our shadow so we can grow. Do you fear death at all anymore? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not, because we don't die. And, and and it's like I said, so many people have come to me because they're so terrified of death. But death is the band-aid. The wound is the guilt they're holding on to. I was mean to my brother and I broke his arm. You know, I'll be damned to hell. No, you no, that's not how it works. But that's how you think it. So you're limiting yourself. And so, you know, I, I can't do this. I have too much guilt. These people, these people that live with this guilt, like they have to, they, they know they're going to be punished. You know, this is what they think. And it's like, oh, no, because you won't be. You won't be punished. You will be guided through your choices and have to look at that. But yet, this issue of punishment is from the earth plane because that's what people choose. You know, you know, it's just like I've had people say, there, there is no such thing as God because the people are too mean to each other. There wouldn't be all this pain. 
I hear that a lot. And the thing is, that's not God. God is everything that we see. God is the Kleenex I've been using because my sinuses are running. God is your microphone. God is in you. God is your, well, really your soul is the life force that we call God because it's the aspect of consciousness that's gone into your body and come down here. All right, Althea, I want to let people know how to find you if they want to contact you and if you're open to it. I absolutely am. Um, I love working with balancing the chakra system and doing healing work. Um, I also do readings, but my readings are oriented towards self-awareness because uh, people that come for readings are often like, well, what's it going to, how's this going to come out? Does he really love me? And it's like, well, first of all, you have free will. So what do you want to create? And you're saying you love this person, but is it the person of the dream? You know, so it's really working with people when they come with questions. Sometimes we can find the answers to the questions. And other times we have to dissect to find out what they're really looking for. Hmm. Instead of hanging on to a bad relationship or an unhappy relationship. Do you have a website or do, should they contact you like on Facebook or? You know what? I, I don't have anything. It's I'm just like been word of mouth. Um, I, I, I am planning because people are like complaining that they can't find me. Um, uh, that uh, and I don't have a business Facebook yet. Um, but um, yeah, I need to do something about that. I, and I really don't know what to do yet. Because mm-hmm. I you know, I'm seeing the need to put it out there. So I will have something right now. I don't. Um, any suggestions? Well, I mean, would you like to give out an email address? Sure. You I could do that. Let's say you don't have to. I'm just saying if, if someone wants to contact you and you're open to it, how would you like them to contact you? Um, I guess, gee, uh, I guess email would be the way to do it. If they put in um, for session or for, you know, to talk about help with their MDE experience, um, you know, I pretty much run the gamut of what people do, pardon me for my sinuses, of of being in the spiritual profession. Um, So so should I tell you what my email is? Sure. It's Althea, A-L-T-H-E-A-R-W-A-T-S-O-N at gmail.com. All right. Well, before we finish up, Althea, can you leave us with one last positive message? That love we can always shift into. And people go, but I try it and I can't. Yes, you can. Take a moment and think of when you felt close to God, what you call God, or close to love, whether it's a sunrise or your partner, just having a special moment when you're in that glow of being with your partner, and just breathe in that, and just breathe and relax, and then call upon your spirit or your soul in your body and say, take me to who I am. And we can shift into that vibration of that deep love. 
Althea, thank you for your message and thank you again for being my guest. I really appreciate you and I wish you a great rest of your weekend. Thank you so much. And I am just, what an honor to to spend time with you and talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.